0: Okay. It says we're live and we're back here live with the powder coder podcast. Let me think about where I am. It has been such a crazy week. I really have to kind of check myself and see where am I, what am I doing and what am I thinking? But today I'm really excited because I've been talking to Justin Marshall for a long time. And, uh, I decided he had an interesting post on Facebook the other day. And I'm like, you know what? We haven't talked about this yet. And I like these lives because we're just shooting the breeze. Today, it's Texas Tea with Justin Marshall. I don't know what Texas Tea is. I just thought of, that sounded funny or, or interesting or whatever.
1: So, so Texas Tea is actually a alcoholic beverage. Uh, oh, is it? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, and, perfect timing.
1: Uh, yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> right at the end of the day for me, it's just kind of middle of the day for you, huh?
0: Yeah, it's two o'clock, okay. um, but it's early. It's good enough. Yeah, I, yeah good uh, enough. enough. It's good
1: I'll, enough. I'll but... say anytime afternoon, then you're
2: good.
0: <laughs> it's good enough because Ross is on a plane to Las Vegas, oh. so I Yeah, he had a um, kind of an interesting uh, job,
2: believe mm-hmm. it or
0: not, uh, that he'll be powder coating in Las Vegas. So I can't tell you much more than that, but. Um, I'm really looking forward to the outcome, and we hope that we sent enough powder and got him hey. on the plane. And I'm yeah. interested
1: to see the outcome of all that. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's a. It sounds like it's gonna. I mean, just the concept alone seemed really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited to kind of see what uh, what the outcome will be. He's just literally flying in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and he leaves Monday, and comes home. So wow,
1: all right, that's a cool yeah. gig to get on, though.
0: Yeah. So, who do we have here? Call. We got Shane Blackburn and Polly Singh. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. What's
1: up, Shane? Shane's a good customer of mine.
0: Oh, um, awesome.
1: I don't recognize the other name, but they might be a customer of mine or a customer of yours. I'm not sure, but...
0: Yeah. I, I don't, don't know, know how to
1: see that. How do I see Facebook. who's on? Oh, that's on Facebook, though, huh?
0: Yeah. You Can Can you see? Uh, I think you can see um what I see, right? Do you see uh, the comments?
1: I got to get on Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook. I, I just got my. You know, I was struggling getting the Chrome work so we can, me and you can see each other face <laughs> to face.
0: Um. Yeah. I guess you have to. I don't know. I. I suppose you have to have Chrome. Let's see. Uh, Here we go.
1: No, there it is. There's. Oh, uh, oh there's
0: Paul Peters. Hi, Paul. And is Del uh, Delbert Richardson? Is that somebody you know?
1: Yep. Yep. That's actually my uncle and another good uh customer of mine. I do. Oh, a hi, Uncle. Before
0: nice to meet you guys yeah so we're here today because um you made this post on facebook the other day i probably should bring it up but um it was just pictures uh that you um had i don't know Mm -hmm. let me see if i can bring it up and show everybody but it was just a a post on job job shop cleanup right so why don't you um i'm going to try to start bringing up this uh page or this post that you made, if I can find it and, um, see if, you know, just kind of start talk, talking about how often do you clean your shop? I mean, it's something that just drives me nuts because I, uh, I always want to, I want it cleaner than it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah 100%. Never
0: seem to get it really kind of, it never really stays clean. Like no, just-
1: it doesn't. It doesn't. And I, I struggled with that a lot this week after I did all the cleaning and everything, I struggled with a lot, I have jobs, you know, obviously, you know, we're backed up, uh, for shutting down for the week and I have jobs waiting, but I did really didn't want to powder coat or to prep anything because I did, my right. shop was clean. I didn't want to mess it up. Um, do me a favor. I can't get on the Facebook. It's just showing me something unavailable. So if anything happens on Facebook, just let me know. Yeah,
0: I'm on Facebook and I'll be here. I was just, now when you posted that, did you post it on your personal page or your triple G page?
1: Uh, I post it on both, I believe. So I don't handle Triple G. Anything that gets posted on Triple G, my wife handles. Um, oh, okay. I'm not sure the dynamic you and Ross have, um, but I, me and her, her team, she comes up to the shop a lot. She takes a lot of pictures and videos and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so she usually handles Triple G page. I do a little bit every now and then, like if she's not there. But most of the time, if I'm posting, it's going to be on my personal page. Uh, I have a lot of a larger following on my personal page anyways. So oh, my just, God.
0: Your daughter is amazing. She's oh, so I, pretty.
1: Which one? I got two of them. The old one and oh, the. Oh, you end. got
0: two. Okay. Yeah, I,
1: have, I have an eight-year-old daughter, a six-year-old son, and then Grayson is eleven months now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the picture I see here. Little baby,
1: yeah, little baby girl. So my wife, <laughs> is excited. that's off topic. But my wife is excited because both our other kids look identical to me. Uh, identical. <laughs> and and you couldn't tell them if I put baby pictures of them up here on the screen, you wouldn't be able to tell which one's which. And they okay. look like me. And then finally, Grayson came out and she looks just like my wife. So she's like, hey, we're done because I got one, gave, one,
0: that like me. one for the team.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but So back to uh, back to the cleaning and everything. I'll be honest with you. I don't clean as much as I should. Uh, okay. I wish I did. I no, I don't.
0: Think any of us do.
1: <laughs> it it just—it's hard in the powder coating world. It's very hard to
0: keep
1: clean when you have and you're a job shop like we are. Um, and and then some of the people listening, some of my customers, you know, they—they uh, they might not know. Complete. Hey, there you go. I can see a little bit yeah. of Facebook now.
0: This is but, the. Um, uh, this. Yeah, is the that, post. One,
1: that was on my personal page. That one—that was on my personal page. So maybe I didn't post all that, or didn't get all posted on Triple G. But
0: here's. Yeah.
1: Yep, I poured everything. Wow, you really cleaned
0: it out.
1: I try to do that at least once a year. Yeah, so everything in my shop is on wheels, minus the oven in the booth. Um, Everything that I have is on wheels. That way I can do this because I naturally by nature, like my house, my my vehicle, everything, I'm a clean person. Um, Yeah. So I put everything on wheels when I was designing the layout of my shop and everything. I put everything on wheels that way. I could move That's everything fine. out and clean. Yeah. Um, now, once I got into it full time, you know, because I went from a garage coder to having a shop and, and opening a full time business. Mm-hmm. Once I got into that, a couple weeks into that, I realized that keeping it as clean as I wanted to was never going to happen um, on the timeline that I wanted it to happen. Right. So, right. about once a year, if I'm lucky, sometimes I get twice a year. But I pull everything out like this in this photo and clean everything in the shop and then one by one pulling that's my workbench and my my blast one of my blast cabinets there and then uh, mm-hmm. racks and everything back there um i clean those one by one before i bring them back in the shop
0: yeah the powder goes everywhere even in the bathroom on the bathroom toilet seat. it doesn't <laughs> matter
1: which booth you have how much air you're drawing anything like that if you just replace your filters powder gets everywhere
0: yeah it does Um, And that was something we, you know, we just brought Rob on, you might see him in the background here. Um, And uh, it was great because we finally had that extra person, that extra time in training and stuff like that to kind of have him help Ross kind of reset everything because we were so overloaded all the time that maintenance was just like the bottom of the list. And, uh, you know, you can get by with that for a little while, but in a powder coating shop, you know, I just felt like at some point something was going to break or bust or or something, you know. You, like, you have,
2: eventually, you, you have
0: a cut.
1: catastrophic failure. If, you, if and, and so I operate that way, too. And I think a lot of us that do the same type of powder coating that we do, you know, job shops, a little bit of production, a little bit of industrial, a little bit of custom. Um, I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, I'm I'm good friends with most of the powder coaters here in Houston area uh scott i talked to scott daily um zane at uh, club city coatings i talked to him daily um and i think every one of us are kind of in the same boat when it comes to maintenance and cleaning of the shop you know what i mean
0: yeah. if you uh, have a dirty shop you're gonna lend itself to uh contamination number one the well, so I,
1: I fought that in a bad way uh about a year ago right now it was about last february so a big truck show in in texas is uh lone star throwdown that is uh one of if not the largest truck show in texas uh-huh. and about a year ago now because lone star throwdowns at the end of the month it's, i think it's like the 22nd or something like that um i had a rush of jobs in my shop that needed to be at that show um and I had a set of American Force wheels in there, and I hadn't done any cleaning or maintenance in a while. So keep that in the back of your mind. That's why I'm, I'm big on cleaning now. And I did these wheels, and they were two-toned, so they wanted to keep a brush finish and then, you know, a gloss black center. And uh, there was a bunch of stuff that went into it. And I think I had about probably six to eight hours in each one of these wheels. Oh. And got them all done. Got them perfect. Ready to put in the oven. Put in the oven. Everything was great. Came out. Everything looked great. My lines were clean, good, crisp lines, but the, the wheels had trash in them. And this truck was supposed to be in an interview on – this was like a Friday, and they were supposed to be in an interview on Tuesday uh, with American Force in American Force's booth at the truck show.
0: No pressure.
1: Needless to say, we didn't make it. And it, oh, put, it put a bad name on me, and uh, I had several other coders. I reached out to several other coders in the area to see if they could help me out um and, and somebody got it uh, joe wall i think actually ended up finishing them up and getting them to the show but they missed the interview um and I, I don't exactly remember exactly who i'm pretty sure joe is the one that finished them up but contamination that was how it happened and so since then you know, obviously right then i shut my entire shop down and sourced all the contamination cleaned everything from the ground up and it was like, okay, I got to get better at cleaning my shop on a more regular basis at this point yeah. instead of, you know, getting a catastrophic failure right at the last minute.
0: Well, I think that's kind of an ironic story because you, you, you know, a powder coater would normally um, go into it thinking that the tape off or the having clean lines and, and, you know, having sharp mm-hmm. edges and stuff was your worry, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but it wasn't the no. other
1: i was was fine with that and i was i was confident when i put them in the oven and when i remember i remember the feeling right now uh of when i pulled them out and saw i they weren't even completely out of the oven i hadn't put a flashlight on it or anything and i I could just see it you could
0: already see without the flashlight yeah
1: and i was like oh man was it
0: just dust particles what what was was it it was
1: it was a little bit of dust and there it looked like there was some oil contamination in there too Come to, there's a lot that goes into that but come to find out i found out that somebody had sprayed a bunch of wd-40 uh right by my oven intake which powder coat or painting it doesn't matter wd-40 or anything silicone is a, is a bad thing but right. it wasn't just oil so i had the oil and it was pollen and all kinds of contamination it was yeah. just dust in general probably other colors were in there you know i had to strip them and start all over and i didn't have the time to do it and it was a bad deal so i learned right then like hey we're gonna have to get a better cleaning and maintenance schedule around here right. um, so i do so my what, best.
0: what i mean i got two questions for you one yeah. is uh do you clean your oven and how do you if you do how because i know some guys really struggle with rust and other kind of contamination going mm-hmm. on in their oven we mm-hmm. don't seem to have too much i don't see a lot of that happening here at our shop um of course our oven is way in the back uh Mm -hmm. you know far from the door and normally you know we have a nice breeze coming through but it's not like we're not in a dusty dirty area to begin with it's all concrete and stuff so like i would say it's minimal
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so at my shop um our climates, I've traveled to Hawaii quite a few times, uh, and I want to make it back now that we know each other, so I can come yeah. and do all that. But uh, our climates are similar. So as far as humidity and wind and rain and everything, you know, it, in Texas, you might have, like today, it rained all day, but tomorrow it's going to be sun shining and, you know, a lot. The weather's completely different. But at my shop, um, my door, the way my, the way my shop is laid out, my door is 20 foot long. My shop is 56 foot wide, somewhere around there. So my, sh- my door is half of my shop, basically. Right. So my door is wide open and there's right across the street from my shop at the, there's another, they do awnings or something across the street. Um, they have a bunch of big oak trees that when they lose their leaves or pollen falls or anything like that, it just goes right into my shop. Uh right. so my oven does take a big hit. I clean my oven at least once Oh a yeah, week.
0: you can see the trees and stuff across the street. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that what you're
1: talking about? Yep. Yeah. And yeah. it's just it's like a wall of trees over there. They have a driveway and you there's just a bunch of trees. Um, but everything basically the way the wind blows off the gulf and the way my shop is set set up, it blows right in my door. Um, so we clean my oven about once a week. And that might be just a quick blowdown. It just depends on what's going on, whether it's a blowdown or sweep up. You know, I try to sweep up every couple of days, but a a hardcore cleaning, wiping the walls, we do that about once a week, if not every other
0: week. And okay, so what kind of oven is it? How big is it? And what? How are you cleaning it?
1: So my oven is a twenty foot by eight foot by eight foot uh, Reliant oven. Okay. Uh, bought it as a package deal from Powder X. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Joey watches this, so hey, Joey. Oh, he
0: do
1: you does? You? Oh, hi, Joey. Hi, Joey. Happy oh, birthday. Happy I know, I know he, he stays in touch with it. Um, but yeah, it's one of, I bought it from Joey when him and Reliant were paired together. I, I don't know if they are still or not. Um, so it's a Reliant oven. Uh, and I clean it when I, I blow it down, sweep it up, and then uh, wipe it down yeah. with... Yeah. Yeah, so that was when I was cleaning my filters.
0: Okay. That yeah. was
1: bad. Yeah, that that yeah, makes that all mess oh, of the mess. Sorry. No, go ahead. There,
2: there.
1: I didn't shoot this video, so that I haven't actually watched this video. Oh, I, okay. I, just it. I like that. I like that she's filming
2: it because
0: I'll shut. <laughs> there with the
1: Yeah, so that's a lot of stuff to oh, cram the, in that uh, when you come around she there.
2: Cut it off right when she was getting to the.
1: Um, yeah, uh, so my wife Courtney, she didn't actually oops. shoot that. She wasn't there that day. She oh. uh, that was there's so there's a fabrication shop right beside me, and I post a lot of the gates and stuff that I do for them. Uh-huh. Um, that was the actual owner of the, the fabrication shop, Trevor. Oh, okay. He shot that video and, and sent it to me, and I never watched it. I just posted it because
0: it just got cut know. off right when he was turning and looking at the looking
1: uh, inside the shop yeah yeah so so i i wipe my oven down uh at least once a week and when i do or, or ever i would say every other week consistently every other week uh mm-hmm. most of the time it's a blow down sweep up kind of thing yeah. uh but when i do wipe it down i use a mixture of water and fabuloso and that's it So
0: describe that product. What is that? I've never heard of it.
1: What is it? So Fabuloso is big down here in the South. Um, It really doesn't have, I'd have to pull out a bottle and I don't even, there's. Maybe we can Google it.
2: Yeah. It It doesn't really have a whole lot
1: of cleaning properties, but it smells good. Uh, (laughs) And It gives me, here's a, here, hang on. I got a bottle right here. My wife just brought it. Hang on one second. Let's see. Let's see what ingredients it has in it.
0: Looks, well, it's got the consistency of like a, like a a
1: mild detergent it's not as strong as dawn um oh okay let's see but it gives a good scent i have a lot of that around the shop i don't see any ingredients on here but it doesn't have a whole lot of cleaning agents though i don't want to put like so that that's what i was getting at i don't want to put a whole lot of I don't want to go in there with like simple green or a, a, a real aggressive detergent because I don't want yeah. my oven to start rusting and things. And like you that. don't
0: need a lot of residue either.
1: And I don't need a lot of residue. I just need something to excess. knock off the, the ex- excess. Put it
0: up again. Put put it up again so everybody can see. Fabulous
1: stuff. So. And again, you know, uh, you people that want to know better than I do. Yeah, concentrated with water. Okay. And, uh, I probably do. I don't know th- three or four parts that and uh the rest water in a five gallon bucket so just dip a a rag down in there multiple times probably not the best way to do it but it it does what i need to do it knocks off any heavy stuff off the top of the off the walls of the oven and it it cleans it up and then after i get done doing that you know that takes a while obviously with a 20-foot oven you know I'm, i'm physically touching every surface of it then i crank it up to 500 degrees and let it run for two hours or so and that bakes anything that this might leave behind it bakes all that off um and it's worked well for me i've done that for years i mean even back when we were still in the garage i used this on my smaller ovens um to help clean it up
0: but you don't have any problems with rust like some other people do no
1: i have i have zero problems with rust i have um i would say in the in the seams of where the panels of my oven meet there's a little bit of buildup of something i wouldn't necessarily call it rust though it's right i think it's just buildup of excess powder floating around really right. Could be. Uh, now some of the screws they might have a little bit of rust but no overall i mean i feel like if i took disassembled my oven right now and pressure washed it you would never know that it wasn't it's used it stays relatively clean i'll shoot a video of that in the next couple of days and show what it looks like right now you know i cleaned it last week but uh it's, it still looks the same right now
0: yeah because if you think about it i mean all of our equipment costs so much money mm-hmm. um, you know you have to maintain it and even these larger job shops like you know the line coders when i interviewed um richard ludwig of um i say ice i can never remember the. it's like industrial coding equipment that's it mm-hmm. ice <laughs> right, so and um that was that was i love that guy he was so knowledgeable if you guys want to see a good Industry 40 year veteran come on the show. That is the man right there. Um he you know was saying that these line coders and these, you know, just industrial coders or any custom coder shops too, you know, they just work that equipment to the very tippy end, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. before they have to go and buy, you know, because you know you're buying Reliant or any other brand, uh it's expensive. It's very uh, expensive, yeah. You know. Uh and so you have to kind of just really take good care of your stuff so that you can just keep it going till you don't till you either need to upgrade or you know, because you're expanding or you mm-hmm. need to just extend the life of it because it, it give brings you more return.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, uh if my oven was to not work tomorrow, let's say I went into the shop tomorrow and it was just the walls were caked. I see some videos on some of those powder coating groups and it, they're spraying in their ovens because they do a lot of stuff. Oh, on. no. That that drives me wild because I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, if if my oven went down tomorrow, I could go buy another one, right, like with credit or whatever the case may right. be. But it, we're, talking, money weeks, coming
0: in, we're right. talking
1: weeks before that. Right now, I think uh, last time I talked to Joey, they're 24 months out on a build right now. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. yeah. So, I mean, if I've ruined my oven tomorrow because I wasn't keeping up with it, uh, then I'm 24 months out of business and then I won't be powder coating in two years. You know, just it is what it is. Um, So I think the maintenance, overall maintenance of it is very important. Like it's a large investment. and You don't want to ruin that.
0: It's true. And you know what? Uh, Again, with the ICE um, interview with uh, with Richard um, was there is no used market. I mean where he's at, because he's building ovens, right? He's mm-hmm. building like mm-hmm. he's building ovens. He's basically, yeah, like a year out. He's months out, you know, like kinda like where Reliant is too. They're all months away. It's, you know it's getting better from the COVID, you know, like
1: Yeah, I mean, raw materials you know. um is just a hard thing to come by right now. And and the price of just a roll of steel right now or, or aluminum or anything is just outrageous. So it's right it takes a while to to get all that in so you know i i came from the oil and gas industry and i, I worked i worked there for 12 years and did this kind of in my garage and started all that right. and you know they did that we run things out there until failure and then once it failed then you have a standby and then you right. the standby and the other one goes just work well right. i don't have that option first of all even right. if i did have a second oven sitting right there beside it or or in storage or something we're talking tear down reassemble start i mean we're talking weeks and i i just don't have the time for that And nobody does i mean i couldn't sustain it we might we do good with with everything that we have going on but if i had to shut down for 10 12 weeks to swap them out that would it would never work so i think that keeping it clean and doing the maintenance keeping all your bearings greased and everything like that you know that's a big deal
0: yeah You know, uh, well, we've got two ovens. You know, we've got a small one that we use for small parts and then we have, but you know, they're so wildly sized different, you know, that we have no medium, right? You You know, eventually what we'd like to do is have a third oven that is a medium size oven. So, you know, we can kind of help like those in between jobs that don't fit Yeah, Yeah. but um, you know, if it's not gonna matter if one or the other go, I mean, I guess if the small one went, we could still use the, the The big big one, one. but then we lose profitability there. You know, our margins kind of shrink because of the costs involved in heating that thing up. But, um, you know, if, if the big one goes, then, I mean, we can only do small jobs then it's exactly. So
1: see, I'm in the same boat. I only have my big oven. I don't have a small oven, uh, anymore. I had a smaller one back when we were in the garage and, uh, we had a big hurricane and, and flood come through here and we, we had a significant damage to our house. So I lost my small oven at that point. Um, and, and so I don't have that. I would love, I'm jealous of all these guys that have a smaller oven or even like y'all, y'all have a big one in a, a large one because I have to heat mine up. It doesn't matter if it, so that's why we have a shot minimum because yeah. I have to heat that up. Whether it's to. one, let's just say a, a valve cover that could go in a smaller oven and, um, I I don't have that option. You know, if I got a valve cover that's going illusion purple, let's say, and then a rack of gloss black, I have to do those one at a time and they have to go in the big oven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you can say what your shop minimum is or how you arrived at your shop minimum, but do you want to talk about that? I know we're kind of talking. Yeah, no, that's
1: fine. Yeah. So my shop minimum is, is, no matter what it is, it, it, my shop minimum is $250. I started that um, mm-hmm. be, simply because my gas bill on a consistent basis for my oven yeah. on a monthly basis is $300, around three to $400. So at a shop minimum of 250 I kind of weed out those little small jobs that I really don't want to do. Yeah. Um, because, I, I, I mean, let's be honest, with gun cleaning and, and booth cleaning and oven cleaning, I don't want to mess with something. Don't get me wrong. It got me where I am, right? But I don't want to mess with uh, just one part. I'd rather you bring me multiple parts. It's easier on you. It's easier on me. Um, so, my shop minimum is $250. And my, my wife gets on me all the time. She says, we need to raise that up. But, I also, I, I like to remember where I came from. You know, I started in the garage doing nothing. So, it was right. I feel like 250 is high, but at the same time, I recognize the market that we're in nowadays, and I, I agree with her, it is probably kind of low. But I look yeah. at it on a monthly basis, my gas bill is usually about 300 bucks. Um, well,
0: maybe that's where you go with your minimum, then yeah,
1: maybe so. Maybe so. I look at it that way as okay. it goes, Justin. <laughs> I can raise it up, and then uh, you know it's very rare that we have to charge some. I got one person that comes in a lot, and he—I don't remember his name. Um, He don't follow me on Face. I think his name is Alex. He brings me one or two parts every five, six weeks, and I'm not sure what he's doing. If he's telling people he's coding them or whatever, and every time I charge him that shot minimum. When really, in reality, they should be about fifty bucks to do them, right? But. I have to charge that shot minimum and every time I feel terrible doing it. I'm like, Hey dude, I'm, why don't you just save all this up? Cause I know you're going to be back here in a, in a couple of weeks. We can do all this and you're, you're saving so much money. It's like, Oh no, it's not. I'm not worried about it.
2: Oh, okay. I mean, we'll do well, it. He's
0: got an angle there. Maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't know if he's telling people, me and Zane were actually having this conversation the other day. There's a, quite a few people in Houston area that will say they're coding, but they're taking it somewhere else. And so that's yeah. kind of what I think is what he's doing. Uh, but I'm not sure, but hey, he pays me my shop minimum and, and we knock it out. So it is what it
0: right. is. It'd be interesting to see if you did charge and when what you know, I mean, if you've got an established, I guess my point is is if you've got an established, if you've established yourself, right? And mm-hmm. you're starting to narrow, if you're at this point where you're starting to kind of narrow and weed out the bullshit hmm okay don't be afraid to push back right to push yeah, it that's right um, uh don't be afraid because uh it you're kind of just testing it really you're testing the market or you're testing your marketplace and if you're not testing your marketplace you could be losing out on you know uh, a few extra yeah, dollars every yeah, month yeah. you know um i w- you know when all of this talk of um you know the supply chain. And, and then, you know, remember when the uh, powder suppliers were just starting to kind of throw out their, well, we got to charge you, you know, an extra 40 cents per pound for this
2: yeah. and that well, or whatever. I, you know, I just was
0: like 65. That's my number. You know, I posted it on my Instagram. It's like 65 for the second coat, which is the primer coat and mm-hmm. 65 a pound for powder. I'm yep. sorry. It's just an easy number for me to remember. It's not your, it's not you. It's me. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: well, hey, we, we all have that, right? So, uh, but you just brought up something I'm, I'm curious about just, uh, with y'all's climate and everything. So do y'all primer a lot of stuff? Y'all primer everything?
0: You know, uh, if it's industrial or architectural, absolutely.
2: Yeah. 100%. Unless
0: the customer insists or it's a budgetary thing. Um, uh, and they know about it and they're okay with it we don't yeah we'll bypass that um uh when it comes to rims it depends on how bad they are most yep. we do not it's just we're just doing right we're just coating the color um okay, so
1: y'all, y'all on the same boat i am I, I get. i got another local coder to me um he he's a little bit smaller, but he he primers everything. And he's he's basically losing his ass because he's not charging enough for primer. And his turnaround time is kind of crazy. And uh, I talk to him quite often, too. Um But he. Well,
0: I hope he's blasting it because what's the blasting. point
1: of the primer? OK, he is blasting, but he's priming everything. So I don't primer like wheels, custom stuff. Most of the time I'm not primering. I'll talk to the customer about it, but most of the time they don't want to spend that anyways. But yeah. industrial and architectural, I do prime. So that's why I was curious. Just
0: well, your reputation's go. on the line. If it can't last a year, you know, what's yeah. the point? Right? What's why do architectural? Because mm-hmm. that's what the client, the architectural client wants, which is the contractor, the supplier, <laughs> the the sub, you know, the welder guy. They're the ones that are passing the job on to you and You have to understand, and and it's funny because I don't think we've ever covered this before, but, you know, if you're working with a contractor, okay, a a licensed contractor, you have to understand that in their business, they are beholden to a one-year warranty Mm -hmm. on everything they build from the wood to the floor to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, warranties are very, very important to any level. If you could talk about a prime contractor, a subprime contractor, or you're just you down the street guy with a, you know, uh, with a beat like up whatever, it, it's a one year warranty that the customer or the residential customer or the homeowner, whoever it is, can come back to them and say, "This is shoddy. It's already failing, and you're liable." Mm-hmm. So. You if you're providing powder coating to these people, you whether it's steel, aluminum or anything in between, you need to make sure that you're you're able to verify. you know, I I don't know, not verify, but and not even certify unless you're ISO certified or something like that. But, um, you know, you need to provide some understanding and guarantee or warranty, at least as best you can.
2: Yeah, exactly. well, we
0: had we had a job uh a nightmare job from the get all the, through and through from the day that thing left the shop and everything. And I think I might have mentioned it on an earlier show where the, they 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 ordered um these posts that needed to be welded to like a plate. So they were um I guess they were support beams for mm-hmm. a the entrance to a metal building but the metal building was a church and so they're kind of like okay they got this metal building which is industrial then they have this like architectural entrance where they're trying to make it churchy and you know have Mm -hmm. a welcoming feel and they well first of all I don't know how this happened but the plate that they welded to the post was um it was it was galvanized post that got shipped from the mainland And it was a a steel plate welded onto a galvan. And I'm like, well, the steel plate plate was already rusting by the time it got here.
1: Yeah, it was carbon (laughs) steel then. Yeah. The
0: welder. And I'm like, well, what's the point at this point? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's it's already messed up. It's already got. Yeah,
0: it's like, what do you what do you guys you know, Frankensteining stuff here. And then of course, right from the get, uh, we had severe outgassing because. Literally, the um, galvanize on this was so horrendous, you yep, know. A nightmare. And, oh, and no. then they picked an architectural color like mm-hmm. a bronze. And there were there was some pictures. I I'm almost embarrassed to show you, but I had to disclose it obviously to uh, to them. And I they threw it back at the architect and saying, look, this is where they're at. I and all I could do was say, literally, there was like. Uh, a quarter size hole where the uh Galway was just bubbling i mean Bubbles it was just oozing. i mean like it was there was nothing there it would just chip away so there was nothing for the powder to even a, yeah, to
2: hear a, you know,
0: of course it was that you know super thick you know at least a 16th or an eighth th- inch thick and i'm like okay the best thing for you to do is just to go get some putty fill it and i'll send you some paint and mm-hmm. you can just and that's it i mean i can't i can't do anything more for these people like you know, some jobs just really go sideways and all you can do is just try to manage
1: because it to, to, to minimize the, the problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and disclose always disclose to these people as much as you can, because if you don't, it'll just uh, really bite you in the ass. So we have some like let's just take a look at the comments here. I don't you can't can you see the comments. I, I'm not I sure. I Man can't see them. Um, Okay, so let's see we probably got... could
1: if I knew what I was doing on Chrome or anything like that, but I have it I can't see anything but me and you. That's it. Okay,
0: well that's fine because I can read them and I think I can show people. So um oh here. This is okay. Let's start with uh Polly. And it's Polly says, What I respect about Justin Marshall is he does the job the right way, never hot flocks his item and Pre- uh, preparation is religious. I love that word. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Polly. What do you have a comment back to that?
1: Hey man, Polly's a, a good buddy of mine. He runs a coding shop in New Jersey. Um, he was actually, me and him met at a powder X conference. Uh, when I was purchasing my equipment, I had already been researching and talking to Joey and he was like, Hey, come on out here. Look at all this. Let's see what we've got going on and so i went through the course and i met polly when i was doing that course with him Uh, so polly runs a coating shop in new jersey uh like i said a good buddy of mine but we talk Mm -hmm. all the time uh he helped me with a lot of stuff early on and i help him with a lot of stuff now Uh, Uh hey i appreciate that bud like the, the preparation is key uh and i don't think it's talked about enough in in powder coating anyways you know a lot of people think you just hang it and spray it and pray but (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're not prepped right it goes back to just what you were saying kim is is yeah. that like that galvanized that it's all about prep it doesn't matter what you do once you put it in the oven that's the last stage and you know if it's not prepped right then who knows what's coming out on the other end so yeah i think preparation to a maximum in my shop and i've had i don't know if you saw it i made a big post a couple of days ago about wanting to hire somebody full-time I've had people in there part time and full time that I, I can't I just can't keep them around because they don't understand the preparation side of it. They're like, oh, I can skip this, I can skip that, and then when it gets into my booth, I know if something was skipped, right? And so,
2: yeah,
1: I, it's my name on it. It's it's Triple G's name on it when it leaves my shop, and I and I've prided myself on that ever since we were still in the garage. It was hey we're going to prep this right. No matter how long it takes, if we're losing money on it or not back in the old days, uh, we're going to prep it. Right. It doesn't matter. And I've had plenty of jobs that I've had to restart over because it wasn't prepped. Right. Yeah. I got a set in the, I got a set of old school steel wheels in the shop right now. I made a post about it earlier today. I was beating on it with a wrench just to do a durability test. Right. Um, I prep. I physically prep those myself. Nobody else did that. I did all that myself, outgassed them, blasted them two or three times. Uh, and they still outgassed on me around the scene. So I'm, wow. uh, and the customer probably would have never noticed, but I'm just not going to let that leave my shop. So prep is, I can't stress that enough. You know, these fly by night guys, and I, I wouldn't say fly by night guys, cause there's a couple big names that are doing the YouTubes and doing all that, but they're leaving steps out. And then these guys buy an Eastwood gun and they go try to spray something and then wonder why it turns out like shit. Well, there's there's a lot of prep knowledge that goes on, right? Pulling the trigger—that's the yeah. easiest part.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I've noticed there's a lot of new guys now, um, for sure, uh, getting into the groups and stuff. So let's see how this next group does. We'll let's see. see. We got, oh, go ahead and talk. I'm going to bring up, I'm going to look through the comments in here. Say, so. say what you want to say. No. Yeah,
1: we'll so back, that. back to that. I mean, we've, me and you've had that same conversation about, you know, a class or something. And I by no means think that I am to a level of professionalism that I could teach a class. And that's why I haven't done it. But I feel like the knowledge that's being put out there on YouTube, if you do it, a quick YouTube search of powder coating, some of the things, not all of them, not all of them, don't, don't get me wrong there, but some of the things that people are seeing across all the internet it just crap and then you know people buy these uh cheap guns or cheap setups and then they can't get any results and then next thing you know me and zane uh clutch city coatings like i was talking about me and him talk all the time and and scott too scott commented on i got a set of wheels in there too that were hot flocked from the factory it's a whole set of big deal i was talking to scott about it and zane but these guys get those cheap guns like that off of the information. Oh, I watched a YouTube video on how to do this. And then they spray them and, you know, they, they make a little bit of change off of it. And then they go on about their day. But then that customer, the guy that I'm doing these wheels for, was so against powder coating. He's like, oh, these look terrible. They're this and that. And they're like, hey, I'll show you why. Why yeah. they look that way. But as an industry as a whole, it makes us, the job shops, look terrible. Yeah, it's it does. That's why when I was talking to you before about maybe doing a course or something, I really wish that I could get everybody on board. Maybe not even me. I don't even care if I pay or if I charge for it or anything, but if like a couple of reputable coders that are within those groups, I mean, I'm sure there's people that are way bigger than me, way more reputable and professional. Honestly, if James Terry did, a course, I think he would be a billionaire, but uh, I don't know if you, he runs. Um, I
2: don't know him. Who's that? Rapid
1: speed coding. So I'm not sure exactly where he's at, but. That dude, he's on all those uh, those groups, and he comments on almost everything, and he's he's a good guy. He knows a lot of stuff. But, man, if somebody like that, uh, you and Ross, uh, people that are active, you know, that you see when you get on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you see us people like that, me, right. you, Robert Salka, Zach Pinoch, uh all those guys, if we all came together and made a course.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like,
1: Cause I don't want I don't have the time and none of us have the time. No, to we don't all have that step by step. But if everybody got together and shot a portion, just a portion <laughs> and, and send it into one person, yeah, I'm telling you, there's, there's money to be made there and there's legitimate information that's being shared. And, every
0: and- guy has his own. Uh, every shop is a little different, right? I mean, mm-hmm. look at Ross. He's going, he's flying to Las Vegas he is going to be working in somebody else's shop. Mm-hmm. Now we know we know him. He came out here and introduced. You know, we got to meet him for the weekend and stuff. And he runs a huge shop. Uh, it's you know they've got like a thirty foot oven. You know they do lots of you know uh, I think they have a line as well. I mean it's a it's a, I, I'm interested to see what Ross's impression is of such a large shop because I don't think he's ever been in one that big.
1: Uh, I want a 30 foot oven in a bad way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a gas oven. We use electric. I don't know if there's going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve there. I mean, obviously uh, Tim is going to be there to, you know, collaborate with Ross and, you know, he knows the equipment inside and out. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure between the two of them, it's going to work out, but yeah, I mean, every shop's a little different, but you know, I think that that's, I like that variety, you know, because sometimes it's the way Ross says things or the way you say things or the way Roro says things or, or, yeah, you see, know. I
1: didn't even include him or, or there's, there's several others that I could think of that if everybody just kind of came together and, Hey, this is a portion, made a portion, just a portion. It,
0: yeah. I think, I mean, that's pretty much the impetus of this podcast too is okay. If we bearing that we can't put a course together just yet, uh, you know it seems insurmountable, but at least we can have a weekly conversation about powder coating, and maybe over time we can all learn something new from you mm-hmm. and, and everybody else. So, um, I better keep on these comments though, because they're kind of yeah. So, I'll here's sure. another one, it's from Polly again. But he has a has Powder X reached out to you after installing his oven and spray booth. Do you know what that
1: uh, I, I, yeah, so. I think I have an idea of what he's asking there. So with, with powder X, when you buy from powder X, you get a warranty. Um, and you know, they come out every couple of years and, and just check everything out. Uh, there's a, and I haven't talked to Joey about this in a, in a while. I don't know if there's a, if it's a paid thing or if it's oh, it's like from- a
0: follow up thing,
1: Yeah, follow up just to make mm-hmm. sure everything's running tip top shape. So mm-hmm. powder X, when you purchase from them, they, they recommend that you have a, one of their technicians come out, Every other year and check on. Oh, them.
0: okay. Um,
1: I'm not sure on that 100% per se, Polly, because I I know all them guys on kind of like a personal level, not necessarily like we'd hang out or anything, but I I've been to Tennessee and 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 went to their shop and done that a, a quite a bit of times, so I talk to them pretty regularly. I don't buy their filters as much as I should. I know that Joey probably hates that. Um, I, I try to reuse my filters as much as I can just because the price of everything is expensive. But um, on a normal job or on normal, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I, I spoke to, um, I have to pull his name up now. He's running the, 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 uh, the uh, filter side of it, but I just spoke with, let me see. I'm pulling it up on my phone. Give me one second. Somebody from Reliant and Powder X, though, about filters the other day, but I, I can't stay in contact with him pretty regularly. Um, I actually need to call him and get somebody to schedule out to come look here in an, I don't know, another four or five months to make sure everything's still running tip-top shape. So I'm assuming that's what he's talking about, a warranty-wise and everything. They It's not to make sure that you know you're doing what you need to do. It's just to make sure that your equipment's running as efficiently as possible
0: okay so let's see um uh okay let's show let's see we got one here from paul peters uh if i outgas and oil drips on the bottom of my oven i clean it with simple green in the morning before i fired it up what do you you're kind of not into the simple green right
1: i so uh i don't use i have simple green at my shop uh we degrease a lot of parts because we don't blast everything we we chemically clean a lot of stuff too uh, and we use Simple Green every now and then when we're running if we don't have the other product or anything like that. But uh I, I think that would I think it'd probably be okay. I mean I've cleaned I mean- my oven with Simple Green uh, before. I didn't have Fabuloso on hand and my oven was pretty dirty. And I've I've used Simple Green mixed with Purple Power and a lot of water and cleaned it up. So I don't yeah. see that be an issue. My biggest thing is when every time you clean the oven, no matter what you clean it with, I like to crank it up as high as it'll go and let it run for a little bit just to burn off any yeah anything because i don't I don't know what like i, I can't even read the in, in ingredients on uh fabuloso here so yeah i don't i don't want that getting on my finished product so right. i just i think whatever you clean it with as long as it gets the oil off the bottom off the floor of your oven whatever you clean it with and then you fire that oven up i think you're good
0: yeah okay here's one from uh matthew jones hi matthew it's good to see you he's been on the show like two or three times just uh lots and lots of information he is so learned and he's always willing to share his ups and downs so uh thanks for being on the show matthew uh keeping the floor clean also helps your wheels stay clean hot racks rolling over powder on the yes on the powder ground builds up quick you are 100% ding 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 yes yeah,
1: yeah. if you can ring a bell right now do that because yeah. that's uh,
0: that a that is a big
2: thing can <laughs> I have,
0: I can wait i it has i can do it it's got like little oh
1: so matt jones i don't know you personally i don't know of uh where you're at or anything but that uh that is a 100% um, I've had people actually come into my shop and ask why I don't spray hot. Customers, they're like, "Oh, I've seen this powder coated that powder coat. It's always sprayed hot." I do not spray anything hot. I, I, I refuse to. Because it,
0: I guess this is like feels. music. It's stupid music. That's what it, <laughs>
2: works,
0: it doesn't give me like I can upload though, but I'll I'll make sure to upload it. I can't believe they can't put it. Hey,
2: that would be cool.
1: That's like a that that's, be, that's a good point right there. All,
0: I guess it's all just background. kids, you know, people podcasts with you know they want background music. Yeah, they a little podcasts.
1: background music going on.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of. So I in my
1: oven, I couldn't. In relation to this statement that Matt made, uh, my oven I have a large crack that goes. It starts in the center of my oven and it doesn't quite make it to each wall, but it's kind of right in the middle of my oven. And then on the left side of my oven, it gets kind of bigger. It's not just a crack anymore. It's kind of chips in the concrete and everything. And when I slow down enough to where I don't need that for a few days, we're getting it patched. But
2: yeah.
1: um, I, fight, I I just know how to work my racks and I get right around them. No issues. Um, but every now and then, if I get something heavy or something and it doesn't kind of move the way I want it to, we hit that crack. And I can, the rest of my oven is smooth. It's polished yeah. concrete, smooth as, as can be. So that's the whole thing. If I mean, if it was hot and you were putting raw powder in there and my, we're building up all the bumps and everything – I couldn't make it in mine. I mean, with a 20-foot oven, I'm not sure how big y'all's oven are. Even I've had smaller parts that weigh you know, upwards of 1,000 pounds. I can't roll over all those bumps and valleys if there was powder built up in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a good point. So fa- thank you, Matthew. Um, okay, let's see. Where are we? So many comments. Oh, my gosh. You guys are awesome.
1: That's what um, I made a post earlier, but I wanted all my people to come through.
0: Your uncle Delbert says, great podcast. I have to hit the road. Thanks for the invite. He he
1: must be leaving the world headquarters. So he (laughs) runs a fabrication shop down here in Southeast Texas. So he, he's always a busy man.
0: Okay. This one's from Ashton. Justin is a young up and comer in the industry. I respect this kid big time.
1: Hey, there you go. So earlier when I was talking about the uh, classes and everything, I thought about it after I said it, I was like, man, I didn't mention Ashton. So he does crazy work. Have you seen his stencil work that he does on, on some of those things?
0: Yes. And I'm going to take this call. So keep (laughs) talking.
1: Go ahead. Uh, man, the the stencil work that you do, Ashton is outrageous. I wouldn't even attempt that. Like I've done a handful of tumblers and, uh, back in the old days when we were in the garage and man, just a lot of respect for you, dude. That's, that's wild. I couldn't do that. I can't see the comments. She can, so I'm I'm trying to pull it up on Facebook so I can see what's going on.
0: Hi, sorry about that. What was no, the- caught, I- caught up?
1: No, I was just telling Ashton how the, the stencil work that he does is outrageous. I mean, I wouldn't even tip that. I don't I'm not sure how long he's been in business um uh, or how long he's been powder coating or not. I've been doing this for 10 years now started in the garage and all this and I still won't mess with any of those stencils or vinyl pools like that that's just not a that's 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 not a thing that I would try like I said I've tried a couple tumblers and they turned out like crap and I'm like all right no
0: <laughs> it's easier said than done
1: yeah it, it for sure I is
0: Ashton if you want to join us um, if you have time, it's the same link I sent you last time and if you don't have it, let me know. Um, okay, let's continue on. Here we go. Uh, Shane Blackburn says Eastwood, ha ha ha. Oh, wait, here we go.
1: <laughs> yeah, Eastwood, yeah. Uh, so, e- have you ever it's been
0: everybody start? You can't bash Eastwood because no. everybody starts there. We all do, we know it, right? Well, like the
1: Harbor Freight, uh, and I'm not bashing on Harbor Freight because I use a lot of Harbor Freight around my shop too. Uh, but the and you're right, everybody starts somewhere. I started with an Eastwood dual voltage, so I, I can't complain. We did a lot of things with an Eastwood yeah. dual voltage and a household oven. So I can't complain about that. It just I couldn't imagine yeah. doing some of the stuff we do now uh at Triple G with an Eastwood. I'd like to try it though. I might need to order one and you know see what it's all about.
0: We started with one. It was hundred and eighty dollars for the yeah. kit back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that now.
1: I, what is it now a couple hundred
0: I, I think the kid is like two something three something i mean it's yeah, like yeah. a thousand now i don't know you get extra you know they keep building Yeah, it, it was
1: right? it was like 160 180 somewhere around there when i bought it and uh i i didn't even i just needed to do one a tie rod in for one of my old trucks and that's the whole reason i started on that and i'd use that eastwood gun and then it sat in the box for a while and then i did a couple tumblers and not pulling stencils though, just doing, you know, a couple of yeti cups and then here we are. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, hold on a second. I want to okay. Um getting stuff on my phone too. Okay. Uh let's see. Um oh, here's one from your wife.
2: My wife?
0: <laughs> Polly C Oh yeah, so C, <laughs> C- two
1: fifty is the shop minimum. That's what we were talking about earlier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um uh okay here's one another one from polly gima replacement well he's got a lot of good questions here today he gima replacement parts do you guys go through gima Optiflex or buy the knockoff parts from china hmm.
1: so that is a very good question uh a little of both it, de- it depends what i can get so like right now my nozzle is uh not from china it's from scott coats I got Scott Coates' high-performance nozzle on there right now. Um, I kind of feel like me and Scott had a lot of conversation about that, uh, I don't know, six months ago or so before he started producing it. I tripped. I was doing a, a, a large awning, and so my, my oven is 20 foot by 8 foot, and my booth is 20 foot by 10 foot, and I had an awning that was 20 foot by 9 foot. Ooh, so or 19 foot by nine or nine foot. So it was at an angle.
2: Yeah. It right. was a, a
1: big deal to, to get it all where it needed to be. And uh, I was coming out of the booth and I tripped and I slammed my gun down into the ground and broke my nozzle, my electrode, everything. And then it was right in the heart of COVID. Um, so I couldn't get any replacement parts, couldn't find them, couldn't do anything. Ended up ordering some Chinese parts didn't work like they should have um and i remember talking to scott about it like hey do you have any extra parts can i buy these from you or anything like that because he's local and he's like man i don't have any uh it, this is my lead time for my supplier and this and that um and then he came out with his nozzle which is brilliant brilliant i he's love the thing
0: scott. <laughs> for, yeah, what he
1: uh he's the way he's changing everything that we've all needed tools that we've all needed for years is, is yes. crazy. But that nozzle, that's the one I'm using now as far as, you know, GEMA parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Corona ring I have is, is not from GEMA. Um, I don't even remember where I got that from. Well, so... hang
0: tight because I'm trying to get Jason on from GEMA and we're going to talk about that.
1: Hey, that'd that's be something. cool. That'd be cool. Cause... So the thing yeah. is, one thing with like powder X when I bought everything from them and I love them to death. They've been, they've been great through all this, but everybody kind of has a rep, a Gima rep, you know, local to them. I don't, I don't know of one in my area.
0: I think uh, it's Jason.
1: I think it would probably be Jason. I've heard his name before, but He's I, just a don't, nice guy. I don't have a personal rep. And, uh, so I can talking him to him, part, him on
0: LinkedIn. I'll let him know.
1: Yeah. Let him know. Reach out. Cause when it yeah. comes to parts, it's, uh, it's a hard deal. So, luckily for me, when I smashed my gun, I have an older um, GEMA gun. using the same exact electrode and tips and nozzles and everything. So, I was able to replace those and then order some more from wherever I ordered them from while, the, while I was waiting on them to come in. Um, and then I ended up getting on – you probably know the website. Uh, it was – It's. I found it on one of the Facebook groups. I was typing in GEMA parts, and one of the – somebody tagged – Original OEM GEMA parts on one of these websites, and I ordered what I needed from them.
2: Okay. Well, yes,
1: I have OEM, but yes, I've used the Chinese stuff, and then I've also used Scott Coates' stuff. And If he keeps producing like he's producing, then we're going to keep using them.
0: Okay, here we go. Ashton, I, I offer... Oh, so Ashton, I forgot that's right. He did talk about that. I offer a consulting program um, uh, at a quarter of the price than PCI or any rep that will offer it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you hey, know. I was thinking about
1: that the other day. I was watching one of his videos, uh, one of his reels of him pulling all those, and I was like, Man, I, I would, I'm gonna do that, Ashton. He needs so, his own
0: course, you know, yeah,
1: well, he's got his consulting program going on there, and I, I'm gonna do that not because I'm gonna mass produce those boxes and stuff like he does. That, that I have no interest in doing it. Yeah,
0: that. but you I, know, I mean,
1: stuff would be cool,
0: you know, if if people are coming to you left and right. And it's not that you don't want to help the next guy, but you know, if it's starting to consume, you know, I think that that's where uh, Roro is at, you know, people, he's so consumed by people talking to him and asking him how to do this, how to do that. It's inspired him to kind of um, move in that direction. I don't know Mm -hmm. where he's at right now. I want to have him. I told him I'd have him back on the show uh, when he was ready. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're spending like a lot of your time, uh, helping other guys, then you should be charging some money so for that. A little that, bit of money. You know? Yeah. Make
1: it, make it right. worth a while.
0: Your experience is worth, uh, the price. You know, exactly. if you, if you, if you feel it in your heart, you know, I think for us, it's like, uh, Ross is so busy and I'm so busy. Uh, we do offer it on our website. You can just go over to our website and click on our products page and buy an hour. We've had people do that. Brad, from Utah Powderworks, um, consulted us before he opened up his shop and we had some really nice conversations. Ironically, I ended up consulting him on some stuff too. So, really, uh, you know, it what comes around goes around, but, um, you know, we all have such unique backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, yeah. I mean, every time I interview a custom coder such as yourself, like you've been in the oil industry and stuff like that, there's this level of, um, background that you have that you're bringing to your powder coating game that is unique to you and your story. Right. So all I'm saying is, is, you know, don't be braggadocious. If you if you haven't been in the game for longer than five years or more, don't don't go say I'm going to be the next consultant. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you have an established company and you are, you know, people are reaching out to you and it's becoming time consuming, maybe you should consider doing what Ashton's doing or something like that, you know? Um, okay. So let's see. Okay. Here's, okay. I'm just saying this one to Jim Kunkel. Thank you, Jim, for coming on this, you know, and saying something awesome conversation. I just want to let you know that, um, Jim Kunkel works for, uh, Axel Nobel.
1: Hey, Um, reach out to me, Jim. I need a, Exo Rep, uh, my wife has been working on that actually last couple of weeks. So yeah,
0: well he's, cool. on, he's on LinkedIn. Um, he's kind of more in um product development and uh, marketing for yeah. uh. So what J- Jim does is he runs a podcast called Coding's Talk, which I was I just learned about uh, uh recently and um, got to talking with Jim and he actually interviewed me on the podcast on his podcast i'm gonna meet with him next month or this month later this month and we're gonna have him come on our show and then it'll be probably march till we uh put that episode out uh jim is awesome he talks not just powder coating you know he can talk all coatings so uh they he they go long and deep with different kinds of coatings um and he is very well-knowledged in a lot of that stuff so uh, great guy to know and thank you very much for having me on his show i look forward to seeing what the podcast turns out to be um and uh yeah it was uh i think uh it was refreshing to see another industry podcast and it's very different to be on the other side of the interview right because i'm always the guy asking the questions or whatever and then yeah, somebody's an the questions to me, so
1: i'm interested in that that podcast i'm gonna tune into that and take a look at it because
2: yeah. Uh, when it's out,
0: I'll, I'll share it with everybody and um, stuff. I, I don't know when it's being, he just said sometime in February. So at some point, yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. We got, um, okay. Kavika Brash wants to know.
1: Best gun and why. why? So I'm partial. Um, I've only ever used an Eastwood. A Harbor Freight and a GEMA. So I'm very partial to Gima. I have uh, been at another shop and sprayed a Wagner for very minimal, you know, uh-huh. just a quick pass. And I didn't have any complaints. Uh, but from I, there's no way, I mean, you know, um, there's no way to tell unless you spent some time and some hours behind the gun. For me, it's GEMA, uh just because that's what I know and, and, and use every single day. And I've, I've used it every single day for the last five years. And so that's, that's what I know and love. Yeah. Not you know, to take away. I want to try one of those. uh I don't even know how to pronounce it. Sam's Kremlin or Sam's Kremlin or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of good reviews about that. and There's a couple other guns on the market that I'd be interested in trying. But I have... We do a lot of work in a small space in my shop, uh, so that's a whole different thing. But I, I can't put another gun in there. I couldn't. Don't have the room if I wanted to. My booth and yeah. my oven take up the majority of my shop. So,
0: you know, yeah, uh, this is kind of interesting that you're bringing it up because um, I am thinking about something now that I it, it's how do you know when you don't know, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's not like you can just go to sears and try on all the different kinds of jeans and stuff like you cannot and it's so it it, you know you'll find this attitude that we all have like ross's wagner when when other people see him using his wagner they're like i use a wagner you know you have this like there's this like grouping Mm -hmm. you know like a team Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) like it's almost like an NFL thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you don't know. I mean, yeah, you said you had a little bit of experience with a Wagner. Um, We're talking Wagner. five, 10
1: minutes. I mean, I just pulled the trigger. I I didn't mess with any settings, anything like that. So right. there's I no think- way I could ever compare the two without and spending.
0: How much difference is there? I mean, that's, that's always been the mystique. I keep waiting for the person to come out there and get all the guns out there, line them all up. You and know. then
1: pray the, the same part over and over again or, or the same similar part you know with the, one this gun one that gun that'd be interesting that
0: yeah but who's you war. know they're not going to send us the a thousand dollar gun right no, you know exactly but i don't know i'm going to try real hard when i get jason on the show <laughs> we're going to try real hard
1: yeah he might know he might know all about it Who he they might he might it.
0: try yeah so um Anyways, well, let's get back to, uh, since we've gone through most of the comments, let's get back to like, maybe some of your checklist things. I'm going to pull up your, um, let me pull up your pictures again. No. Uh, what do you do on your floors? Uh, is there, did we talk about that?
1: No, Thanks no. Well, also we, we, we dove in on the oven and then you know, we we kind of went from there. So on the floors of the shop itself. So let me break this down my shop is about thirteen fifty square feet but it's long it's narrow and it's long um so on over half my shop takes my booth and my oven you know those those are spoken for so my working space that i can move around in and you know fluctuate parts in and out of um that's a whole other thing so when i like on those pictures when i pulled everything out of there i pressure washed my floors from there all the way out because my door is so big it's wide open you know i kind of just burn off my booth and, my oven and i pressure wash my floors my entire shop floor is polished concrete so it's very smooth uh, no it's not like it's real dusty or anything from the floor itself so i'll get in there and i pressure wash that off after nice. i sweep it and everything obviously i don't want to make a muddy mess you know i usually sweep sweep blow down the walls sweep it again And then I'll pressure wash everything. And then at the very end of it, I'll mop everything just to get anything out of there, the last little bit out of there. And I like the smell of Fabuloso, and it makes the shop smell good for a little bit. Yeah, it
0: does, huh? For a little while.
1: For a little while. And so I'll do that. Now, on that, like my booth side right there, I do not pressure wash inside there because I don't want to deal with rust or moisture stuck anywhere. Um, So that's a whole other animal on itself. And I wish we would have got a picture from the outside because I try to – I don't always do it and like this last time i didn't do it but i try to hang some plastic or something on the edge of the booth to where it doesn't all blow out when i'm oh budgeting.
0: right yeah okay see what you're saying yeah so it's not yeah. that's because the problem Is so you start cleaning and deep doing a deep clean you're you're asking for a lot of particulates in the air and then eventually that it's all going to come down after all you've cleaned all your surfaces and then it'll get dusty again right so. exactly
1: so so when i start this process what i start at is I pull everything out and then I start on the booth. So then I will clean this booth completely. Walls, ceiling, Pull all the filters out, clean everything behind it, everything. And then from there, I'll work, I'll sweep all that up, clean all that up. That way it doesn't get knocked around again. And then I work my way around to the back of it. So where the back of my booth is, if you're looking at this picture, that wall, there is a six foot void behind that wall until the wall of my shop. So right. Then I go back behind there and I clean everything and I work my way back around. And usually by the time I work my way back around, I have to clean this a little bit again because it's yeah. got some dust and stuff in it. Uh, so,
0: do you have a special vacuum or anything like that?
1: I do not. I have, uh, we have some fans on the, uh, if you're looking at this wall directly behind you, there is a couple of uh, fans, shop fans that just blow. Mm-hmm. They out, they're mounted on the wall and they're a uh, pass-through. It basically is to help me cool down in the summertime because Texas heat in the summer is terrible. Uh, yeah. But they'll, they'll help me draw dust out and, and just send it out. But no, I don't have a special vacuum. I have my one vacuum, my shop vac, that I do all my two-tones with and, and things like that. Um, so I'll sweep this up really good, and then I'll get it back in there in those, those four pocket filter holes with mm-hmm. the vacuum and vacuum yeah. anything else that I need to vacuum out and then sweep as much as I can. And, and then I usually take the vacuum around the corners of the booth, the you know, three sides of the booth. Uh, but by that time, usually everything's out, and then I will mop that area. I do not pressure wash inside that area. But after I wipe the walls down, sweep, blow everything down, sweep again countless times. I think you, I sweep probably four or five times to get all the big dust out. And then I wipe the walls down with the Fabuloso mixture I was talking about. And then I'll mop this floor. The very last thing I do is mop this floor. And then I section that side off now that I've got that side of the shop clean. Because the very last thing I do is – so the first thing I do is my booth. The very last thing I do is my oven. Oh, okay. I -hmm. will section that side off and then clean the whole other side. Vacuum, sweep, mop, pressure wash, do all that. Clean everything off one by one as I'm coming back in with everything. And then at the very end of everything, then I'll go to the booth. Because I don't, or not the booth, but the oven. Because I don't want any blow-by to settle down, you know, in there. So I, I go to the oven very, very last. But we sweep the oven so often that it's very rarely
0: dirty inside there. What, um, on, let's talk about walls for a minute.
2: Um, okay. I don't
0: see a lot of powder up on your walls here, which is, I don't know if you've already cleaned it. At here. this point, I've
1: already blown down the walls. I haven't wiped them yet. When this picture was taken, I hadn't I haven't wiped them, but I have blown them down.
0: Okay, so on this other picture here, um, this one here, when I saw this one, I was like, "Oh yeah, I yeah, hate you see this." Yeah, my
1: walls there, and this, that's the fan I was talking about right there. Uh, there's there's two of those across there. Yeah,
0: these fans and this yeah. fan here. Yeah. Yeah. But like, man, I mean, uh I i don't know how how do you handle all this because when we moved out of our shop in lahaina um and stuff before we moved here you know i was like oh my god how are we going to clean these walls and i mean at that point we had no we hadn't managed powder and dust for a long time like Mm -hmm. for years and on top of that you know there was this crossover period where we went from painting to powder coating and then back to painting and then back, you know, so you're adding in that, mm-hmm. you know, sticky, sticky layer, I guess. Yeah. yeah a little,
1: little tack layer.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, but ironically, when we went to move, we, and it was drywall. So this is, I, this looks like steel.
2: So
1: that's, not, so that's, that's spray foam. That's painted. Spray foam. Okay. So, the, so it's got the shop wall, which is the thin sheet metal, uh, corrugated, you know, sheet metal our panel is what it's called i'm not sure what y'all call it there if there's a different name you know nationwide or whatever but that's our panel okay Uh, and then it's it's got a two inch layer of um i think it's closed cell spray foam on it okay and then i that's yellow when you do that and then i I painted my entire shop white after i did all that
0: yeah uh but we um it was just drywall On either side of us, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, how it, how is this powder gonna get off? And we literally took the hose and just went, and it came, it just a couple times, and it just literally just ran off the wall. So, thankfully, um, when you, you know, if you ever have to move out of a shop or, uh, you know, we were, we were lucky. I, I'm assuming it's, you know, if you got drywall or something and the powder's landing on it, it'll come off. But you know, I, it'd be interesting to see how people clean their walls. And, so,
1: like, this wall um, right here, um, I sprayed it with the air hose. Just hit it with an air spray. 90% of that comes off. Like, you can see on the um, on the uh, C channel right here, there the dust layer right by that billboard or the whiteboard. You can yeah. see the dust layer on there. 90% of the, all that stuff comes off with the air hose. Okay. And then I will run through there with a broom, you know, and just kind of hit it real quick brush. and knock the yeah. of it off uh i have hit it with a water hose before in the past i've done that now this last time that i just cleaned up i didn't hit it with a water hose i didn't need to uh right. air hose and a brush pass and then another air hose did it's all cleaned up and yeah no issues but so that once you move away from the booth and the oven side of it so where the last picture was you're looking at my booth where we're at right now is almost directly behind it from okay booth. It's almost like i just did a, a 180 and, and mm-hmm. um so that's where the other side of the shop happens and all that that wall is the easy this part is the easiest to clean once everything's out that's done deal bobby neil you know you spray it down with the air hose mop it vacuum sweep it it's
0: how long did it take you
1: that took me so that took me i, I started cleaning I was only going to do a little bit of cleaning. I wasn't ready because I had a lot of jobs right there at that time and we hadn't scheduled it. So I was only going to clean a handful of things. I was just going to do the booth and the oven. But then when I started doing the booth the day before this picture, I was like, okay, we're if we're doing it. We're going to go ahead and do it. So right. this took me, this is a full day. The day before I'd started cleaning the booth and so I blew down the walls and everything, but I hadn't done the deep cleaning. Uh-huh. Uh, but this day where this picture was taken, I started probably about. I dropped my kids off at school at eight a.m. So I bet I started probably about eight thirty, and I was there till about ten o'clock that night. So roughly fourteen hours. But moving everything out, starting from this side to that side, and then cleaning everything as it came back in, it yeah. was probably twelve to fourteen hours. I'd, I'd bet.
0: Did you find anything that you lost?
1: A lot of things i lost a lot of a lot of drill bits a lot of uh wrenches that had been lost um i had so that workbench that's in this picture
2: mm-hmm.
1: it sits if you look if if in relation to this picture if you look immediately to the left if we could pan over which you can't that's where that workbench sits and that thing gets so full of whatever powder i'm using anything like that just if i'm switching from this job like today i did four different colors today so in the you got to think in the middle of changing all that i just toss it somewhere and then go to the next job that thing gets full um it's 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 wild we
0: have two of them that ross built they're on wheels as well they're approximately four by eight one smaller slightly smaller left over from our painting days these Mm -hmm. things are so rickety they're about ready, to, like, ready to get out. <laughs> yeah. You got to walk around them carefully because they could crash and burn anytime. But, you know, um, <laughs> we recently did some, you know, shop updating, cleaning and stuff. And he's like, he keeps saying he's going to get rid of them. He's going to get rid of one of them. Cause we, we really don't need two of them right now mm-hmm. anymore. Cause Ross bought two brand new, uh, tool, uh, t- chests from, uh, tool cabinets from home depot he's got more than enough room for tools you yeah know, Powder coating doesn't require a lot of tools anyways but like mm-hmm. you know he's got more than enough room uh for everything and so but he has yet to throw one of them away so i don't know like it's
1: sentimental value
0: <laughs> he just i think he's sentimental That's yeah what I
1: very, think. very sentimental I
0: think he's see, sentimental
1: see i have way more tools than i need for a powder coating shop but that just came from years and i now finally have a place to put my tools you know i work on vehicles and all that growing up and all throughout the years but uh so i have way i have one of those big husky tool chests from home depot as well and so all my tools stay fine that bench over there that that work i end up like the other day i went through when i was cleaning everything i did ended up doing powder inventory and i had powder i didn't even know i had because it was sitting under layers uh, of Yeah, stuff that's another
0: that's a conversation for another day yeah I'm for sure. go
1: deep into some powder inventory
0: okay rich king says hey i'm here better late than never hey rich
1: hey what's up rich
0: <laughs> thanks for joining us on the show maybe someday we'll have you join us uh okay let's see um oh paul peters uh if you have any thoughts on making a sealed room with a filtration system this is my next major move in my shop yes um, mm-hmm. yes yeah. I,
1: I don't know how you you and ross feel about that but that is a huge thing for me i i want i want to seal i want to make a blast room and i want to make a sealed room where all we do is powder in there and it that's where the booth and the oven is and everything else is separate but like i said earlier my my shop is small uh we're working like we Honestly, me and my wife are day and night right now looking for a newer space because we've outgrown this space. Really? Yeah. Uh, but it's just a whole – I mean, that's a whole process. I don't know if you've – y'all moved shops oh. or anything, but, yeah. I mean, you, you got to think. If we find a place tomorrow, I'm, I'm looking at probably 10, 12 weeks of being down, if not more, you know, between moving and gas line and electrical. I don't know how things move over there on the island, but over here it does move fast. So, yeah. It, that'd be a whole yeah, so thing. Our
0: move was like a romance novel, lots of drama
1: lots of drama yeah and that's that's how it'll be here where i mean last last week we, so i did all this cleaning last week and so last week i didn't do any powder coating and i actually scheduled a few tours for a different couple different properties that we were looking at right now too just because we've outgrown this but i want a sealed room for just powder coating the booth and oven would be in that place we didn't take parts in one place you know receipt shipping and receiving in one place blast room you know all that but it just comes with expansion and, and having a bigger shop. Yeah. I have a.
0: you have an office at all or no?
1: I have a rolling desk that you can't wow. see it in all that mess over there. Uh, but I have a rolling desk that I set up every day. And when my wife's at the shop, she puts it where she wants it and does what she wants to do and yeah. that kind of thing. But um, yeah. there is a set of offices in the front of this building but they ended up getting rented out to somebody else and so we don't have that anymore it's just originally we had it but now we don't so
0: I'll I'll tell you this office it saves my marriage this office because I can shut that door and not see him all day long and Mm -hmm. I'm okay because I'm doing me he's doing him and if we open the door we're like you know
1: yeah and that's how it is that's how it is at my shop too like my wife will pop in and she'll do a handful of things she's like all right i've had enough of you and then i'm going this way in.
0: <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. we need to do a show on husband and wife teams it'll be good
1: <laughs> enjoy that I, I, we probably wouldn't be able to get a word in edgewise because she she'd have a lot to say about that
0: <laughs> okay so yeah i guess that kind of goes into this first question i, I kind of going backwards here a little bit but um do you yes. blast powder in the same Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us do, and that's why we're talking about shop maintenance. <laughs> yeah,
1: so that's uh, the. It, it doesn't matter which way you slice it, and uh, it doesn't matter how big of a place you have. Powder coating is a messy business, right? Can we can we all agree on that? It doesn't matter. Sandblasting, it doesn't. You have the best containment, you're still going to get blast particles and, and media everywhere, at, at, to an extent. And then powder, it doesn't matter how good your filtration is, powder is going everywhere. I mean, I, I could probably lean into this, and I bet I got blue, red, and black in my ear right now. <laughs> and I mean, I had my hood over my head all day and mask on, and but powder's a messy business. So, but yeah, we, I do it all in the same building.
0: And that was my kind of, you know, always been my kind of pandering there was like, well, if you have a separate room that does blasting and another room that does powder coating, which one is the dirty room? <laughs>
1: there's no telling i I couldn't tell you which one i mean (laughs) uh, obviously your blast booth is going to be super dirty but i mean right outside that door it's got to be collecting all kinds of media and runoff and everything like that and then like i said it doesn't matter it's funny like this picture you have up on this on the top runner of that wall right there i was scraping not scraping but when i blew it off and was sweeping it and everything there was a metallics like just metallic powders and stuff like that coming off of it so and that's on the opposite end of where my booth is it's so powder is getting there no matter what right it's it's a dirty business that's why it's so important to keep up with the cleaning on a regular schedule i should be better at it honestly like i i'm not as good as i'd like to be on it but
0: yeah well you do what you can and then you know you or you have what happened to you earlier which is why you got into this is yeah, a yep. little cast. I ruined experience. a job and
1: lost hours yeah. and money and everything else with that. So it's yeah. it's just very important to, to keep it all clean if you do it all in the same building. I know there's guys on on a lot of those forums and all around the nation and everything that have these separate rooms and everything. But as a job shop coder, as like myself, I don't have that luxury. I don't have those separate yeah, so, buildings.
0: I mean, like, what are your... What are your daily tasks in terms of maintenance? Is there anything? Do you have time to sweep daily? Do you have I, time sweep,
1: to- I sweep this open area that we're looking at in this picture. I sweep that daily. Okay. Uh, first thing in the morning and then first thing in, or right before I leave. So it, it doesn't matter which one. I always sweep it. Now, if I did a good job the night before the morning, it's usually not bad or anything like that. Um, but I also, in my building, my door's so big, so it doesn't matter how much I clean, I still get dust that blows in from the parking lot. And it's all right. concrete out there, but we have all those oak trees across the street that they just blow everything. So I sweep every morning and every evening.
0: Yeah. I, um, I think if you're not doing that, uh, you're not doing, you're you're not creating you're not good. creating
1: good atmosphere. I mean, you're asking for trouble. good habits.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're not creating good habits. I, I think you definitely need to be sweeping twice a day, if not mm-hmm. more, you know, just depends on how busy you are. But uh, if it, 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 it's just a good habit to get into. Uh, it's a great way to, tra- you know, make sure to train your employees. So they're not kind of sitting on their phones while they're while they, they have
1: downtime. And that's the people yep. that had come in and out of the shop. That was, a, that was a thing is like, Hey, uh, I don't mind you checking your phone every now and then, but if you don't have anything to be blasting or prepping or anything like that, then we need to get behind the broom. You know, broom work's a big thing for me. Uh, you know, my my dad taught me at a young age that if, if you don't know how to work the how the north end of a broom works, the south end of a broom, then you're never going to make a dime. So that <laughs> is a big big deal to me.
0: Here's something that just kind of popped in my head, and that is. What do you do when you know? Because your wife isn't there all the time, right? No, no so my what wife is
1: a full time job? She, oh, she, okay, so she has a full time job, but she has the luxury that she works it's kind of remote, it's it's in and out. She goes to the office a couple times a week, but her and her boss are really good together. She's a financial advisor, so uh, yeah. they she just kind of goes and comes when she pleases. Uh, so she might pop over to the shop and spend all day there. And then sometimes she's like, Hey, I got a meeting. I got to go. And so she bounces in and out.
0: Okay. So what, what do you do when you're powder coating and a customer walks in? <laughs> and I mean, it's just one of those days, right? Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> so that is, you know, obviously I, I can't say this, right. But I hate that. Um, because, I have to stop what I'm doing. okay? If we, I'd, I'd love to talk to a new customer and, and, and explain powder coating and do all that. But if I'm in the middle of powder coating and somebody walks in, a lot of times, if you see where my door is, my booth is just to the right of this, but the door stops. So if I'm in my booth, my back is to this door. Oh, okay. tell you how many times I turn around and somebody's standing there. <laughs> and I don't know how long they've been there. And I don't know what goes on in you all shop, but I turn the music up and I might be singing and dancing and you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I turn around and somebody's there and it makes my heart jump a little bit. And, yeah. um, uh, we're but not, you're out.
0: you're having, you're in your group. Yeah, I'm,
1: in zone. I'm doing what I want to do. And, and then, but then, okay. Okay. Now there's a customer there. Let me go talk to them. So then it's shut the booth off, hang the gun up, take my mask off, you know, wipe my face down a little bit. So then you're talking, you know, a five minute process there. And then I talk to them, let's say I talked to them for a half hour Or however long it might be, it might be ten minutes, might be twenty minutes, but no matter which way you slice it, it might as well be an hour because I've done turned everything off, stopped what I'm doing, talk to them. Now I got to reset, refocus, turn everything back on. So we try to minimize drop-ins. You can't you can't get rid of them. Drop-ins happen, Uh, but we try to operate as a a by appointment only, and not necessarily you have to have a scheduled time. uh, Uh Just when they call the the shop phone number it goes right, right to my wife's phone whether she's there or not it goes to her cell phone and she'll answer and then she'll be like okay well if you want to come by around three o'clock and then she'll give me a heads up but we still do get drop-ins and i have to just if she's not there i have to shut down what i'm doing and, and go talk to yeah.
0: her. everybody that came in today was a drop-in
1: yeah and, and you have days like that today i didn't get a single drop-in customer i had a couple drop-in friends that's another thing i have friends that just you know randomly show up and want to hang out and ask questions oh what's that to or how why are you doing this that way and it's like dude i don't have time to explain all this just hey, grab a chair and you know watch or or go somewhere else so i didn't have any drop-in customers today but a lot of drop-in friends
0: right right yeah well this has been fun okay wait there's uh let's see there's another question here actually a couple here let me back it up
2: um I, okay
0: kavika says i do cerakote and i get a lot of people asking me to do powder coat okay good
1: hey so vice versa um uh, i don't know if you and ross deal with this y'all get asked about Coat?
0: yes and in fact we're listed as some, not a coater, but that we do ceramic coatings and so it's been a little tough um first of all we have one of two different kinds of colors we have because we're listed as coating, or not coating, but ceramic coating a lot of people get that confused with the car body kind of yeah
2: yeah um, the the protective so i
0: don't know if you get a lot of those calls that you yes. know um, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a natural thing See, that I happens. Don't
1: either or but i get yeah. i get calls for both of them
0: yeah and then um and then we get the guys with the motorcycle uh um you know exhaust that want the coat, but we've postponed that for now um, because we just don't have any room we're so busy with powder coating mm-hmm. I think what Ross is going to do is he's going to build a platform up um yeah. above the spray booth and make a small spray booth a smaller spray booth to you know because just to do that
2: just to know,
0: Somehow tie it into you know I don't know he's got some grand plan uh, to do that and i think that that would be great if we could get back into that because uh we we did we were making some good money uh, you know we do buy if we do buy cerico we're usually ordering from prismatic it's because we have you know we're already set up mm-hmm. over there yeah, and I, I know there's some cheaper ones out there maybe if we do get back into it i might look into that um and we just do the dry one or the cold one we don't do yeah. the guns or any of that other crazy crazy stuff so uh, i
1: don't do any coating so anybody that i have that comes in and needs coating or, or requests it or wants me to powder coat something but it necessarily should be a coating application i usually i send them all to uh, zane at clut city coatings i know he does coating he's right down the street i say right down the street in houston you got to understand houston texas everything's right down the street it might be an hour but it's, it's, it's three. <laughs> um so I just anybody that needs Sarah coding I refer them to him but as far as Kawika's uh I hope I pronounced that right as far
0: Kawika that's how you say it.
1: Kavika? Like Kavika.
0: With, okay. Yeah. So in Hawaiian any if it's if it was uh if it was a word that started with a w like Waikiki yeah you say wa. Okay but if their W happens after the first syllable, it's a V.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So it's Kavika.
1: So I told you earlier, I uh, we've been to Hawaii a few times and that tells me that I've pronounced a lot of things wrong. <laughs> so I've uh, done that wrong and I feel terrible. You know, about I
0: don't know why, Justin, it's only 12 letters.
1: Yeah, it's, it's only. <laughs> but uh, so, so Kavika, um, I don't know where you're located but if you need a lot of stuff powder coated i would send it over to ross coat uh,
0: <laughs> i don't know maybe he's getting it you know uh hit us up kavika if you're on maui because if you're doing Code, then we can send you some of the stuff we're getting you know yeah. so yeah. let My us know personal. i don't know with a name like kavika i'm assuming you're from hawaii or maybe you know i don't know so he'll let us know okay so we gotten some more coming in here we're not done um. let's see here's another one I mop constantly my floor is always wet and I try to keep my door closed when I spray powder coat
1: that's a good start that's a good I mean, that's, I, mean I think we're all in that same boat I don't mop constantly I sweep like I said a minimum twice a day and in between jobs if I have enough time I try to sweep I don't mop as much as I probably should but I think you're doing pretty good there trying to keep your door closed i'm not sure where you're at i deal with a lot of pollen where i'm at uh, and in this picture you can see the trees they have no leaves on them right now and i guarantee every leaf that fell off that tree wound up in my shop <laughs> there's probably some there's some of them leaves right there on the floor right now in this picture um so if you're keeping, uh, yeah, and the, door- I think
0: keeping the door closed is a good idea i'll tell you in our experience uh couple times this is before we moved here a couple times we had a guy uh doing some woodworking a couple doors down Mm -hmm. on like a a weekend or something and um he was sawing or I don't know what he was doing and it was just all of it was blowing you know you can smell the wood right you know as Mm -hmm. he was cutting and stuff and it just You know, you you can't have, I I would just freak out. You wouldn't, you know, like you got to close the door.
1: Here's something I'm dealing with. So uh, again, uh, I think with Texas tea, we've established I'm in Texas. So it gets hot here. Like right now we are in an Arctic blast. It's been like 40 degrees for six days straight and it is miserable. I know that's not cold to 90% of the world, but at least for me, it is. I don't like being cold. Um, So in Texas, it's hot in the summer. So, my door stays open so I can get a little bit of a breeze with the oven on and the Texas heat. It's miserable. So, I keep my door open a lot. Um, and so, it's just a habit. When I get in there in the morning, I push it all the way open, you know, all, all 20 feet of it, all the way open. So, my shop is wide open. Well, right now, one of my neighbors uh, that share the same work in the same complex as I do, they, they rent from the same people I do, um, they're restoring a couple of old cars inside their building. So they've been doing a lot of bondo work or filler work, not bondo. It gets upset when I call it bondo. Um, But they're doing a lot of filling work and sanding and everything. Every grain of that sand winds up in my shop. Um, Even after cleaning and doing all that last week, I'm still finding a little, like when I was sweeping up today, there's little yellow particles. I haven't sprayed yellow. So that's just something I deal with all the time too. And
0: you can't tell them to shut their door or anything, or they do
1: they shut their door, but they blow out the shop at the end of the day.
0: Oh my god, I would be like livid.
1: No, it's been a it's ongoing conversation. We've had that conversation multiple times. Super nice guy. I'm not mad at him by any means, but you know if he does that, we've established times that he's allowed to do that. Because if I have uh, a set of gloss black wheels in the oven and you're spraying that. Now I'm in a bind. It's mm-hmm. gonna, it's gonna. I'm in a bind. So let's just make sure that my oven's not on. He's good about it. He comes by. Hey, is your oven on? You got this? Because where the his shop door is, is at the back of my shop. Where the way it kind of lays oh, okay. in is at the back of my shop, and my oven intake is right there. So
2: oh, okay.
1: anything, there, there's a small little gap between the the main frame of the buildings and everything, so mm-hmm. things can get by there. But any little particle that he's blowing out of his shop comes into mind, so
2: yeah, it's
1: an ongoing conversation. That's something I've been dealing with a lot here lately, and that's kind of the main reason why I tore everything apart last week and did all this because I was just my shop was coated in yellow bondo material. And I, was yeah. like, I don't think that's
0: well. I mean the 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 only comment that I have on Paul's comment here is that if your door is closed, how are you going to? Uh, accommodate customers stopping in and so like I don't know I how setup is but that was always the battle right you know mm-hmm. you you've got to have your door down because of contamination maybe or next door neighbor or whatever and then or weather even yeah. weather right you know like uh how do you you know you can't you can't have that every well, it's, day it's like y'all, y'all have
1: an office like by the looks of it y'all have a storefront or yeah. something right yeah oh, uh, yeah no I don't have a storefront
0: yeah oh no we have yeah just
1: customers can walk in and they see you Oh, here i'll show
0: you okay yeah let me show you um uh let me do a new tab here let me see how do I do a new tab i guess not let me sh- stop sharing
1: well as you pull that up i'll, I'll just continue talking about it so yeah, i like can i don't have that um and then even did when we did have an office space it is a hundred yards away from where the actual shop is. So when people pull up, you know, they immediately come to the door. Yeah. And if my door well,
0: if,
2: is closed, go ahead,
0: go ahead. Well, I was going to say, this is our, I, I wanted to, I kind of shared this around a little bit yesterday, but. Oh
1: yeah. This, y'all are on product finishing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I just want to say, I am so thrilled, not for Maui Powderworks per se, but for the custom coder community in general. This is a milestone, in my opinion, a milestone um, uh, article. Yeah, that uh, is letting me know that the greater industry is paying It's kind gonna they're you know, recognizing we're starting to get heard. I yeah think. we're
1: getting, we're getting some traction yeah especially uh, so i get product finishing magazine comes to the door every month and uh yeah
0: i feel uh, like sometimes a it's a bit important here's a who <laughs> you know <laughs> but here i wanted to show you our storefront really yeah so
1: you, so you have that's what i was getting at you had the door right. that you, all, you know somebody could walk in and then they you're there you're there all the time right it's
0: literally and it's i'm i mean i'm i'm looking around i think it's like 100 square feet yeah 150. I've well, hell, it doesn't
1: have to be big. Office. It's just somewhere for customers to walk in, but
0: right. For, it's small. I mean, if you had two or three customers in here, it's tight. You know? But um, like
1: maybe Paul's dealing with something like I'm dealing with, and like you were saying, if door, so, even when my door is closed. So, like today, it's been raining all day. It's been raining for the last two right. days here. That's unusual. Usually, it rains, but it it comes and goes. It's been raining two days straight here. My doors happen to be closed most of the time. But also with my small space, when I take one rack out of the oven, like I have one rack that's 14 foot long, and that's where we put all the big stuff on, right? That it goes in and out of the oven. If I got to take that out and put another rack in, that rack has to go completely outside. Right. So if the door is closed, door has to be open at that point. So my door is constantly moving. And if it's closed all the way, I don't have a way to greet customers. Customers pull up and think of closed, So I always try to leave. The way my door is set up it's not a roll-up door it's a sliding door slider. Uh, yeah. yeah it's a slider and i hate it like that's one of the things that i'm gonna miss one day when i'm looking back on all this but me and that door fight every day uh it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a pain in the ass to move it back and forth but i always try to leave it in, in paul's comment or question here i always try to leave it a, you know at least a two-person link open that way yeah, uh, so then
0: it looks like some peer looks peer
1: like somebody's peer there peer because if it's closed and, all the way yeah. whether it's a roll-up door or a sliding door if it's closed all the way people pull up they're like oh he's not there and I'll just come back later and yeah then you really were there and then the next thing you know they went to the coder down the street or you know right. else where elsewhere with their business
0: well it's funny you mentioned the roll-up doors or the doors you know is we've got a roll-up door and they're all like aging over here our neighbor replaced five of his doors just because literally they were I mean and you you know you're you're pulling the uh chain
2: mm-hmm. and as
0: you're pulling the chain you're looking up to make sure it's all lined up and everything and and then there's like rust particles falling in your oh, eye <laughs>
2: you're you contaminating your shop.
0: and then you're like wait, is that rust particles in my eye? And is this thing going to fall on me someday? I mean, like, seriously, it's it's one of those kind of things, you know. I'm right. worried
1: that my door, my door is a sliding door. And the only reason we haven't replaced it yet is because I told my, my landlords that I would replace it. That's fine. But I'm not going to put a 20-foot door in there. I'm going to have to put a, you know, yeah. a 14-foot roll-up door. That means so we're going to have to wall off and do some structural work there. And so that's the whole reason I haven't done that to this point yet. But I'm yeah. scared. My door is so old and it's heavy. It's it's heavy duty. One day it's just going to fall over. You know, I'm going to yeah. be pushing it open or closed and it's just going to say, "Okay, I've had enough," and you know, fall.
0: <laughs> I lay down and die now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm over with. We'll see you. <laughs>
0: Okay. Oh boy, we got a we got a novel here from Rich King.
1: <laughs> uh, Rich, Rich has hey, this is unfair. I've just read the first sentence. He's he's got a dedicated kim stripping, which I do all oh. of: it. Blasting, blasting, powder coating. Everything is in one building.
0: I'm just jealous of Rich. All aware.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's an unfair advantage. He's got it all going on.
0: He has the nicest posts. He has the nicest setup. Every time he posts something, I'm like, how come we don't have that? Or how come we can't do that? Or, you know, and he posted
1: it was like a year and a half, two years ago, maybe now, when he built that new strip tank and stairs and stuff for his strip area and his chemical stripping. And I've, I've been jealous ever since. I want something like that in a bad way, but, you know, I, I have to deal with what I have available and I don't have that. But yeah, I don't know Rich personally, uh, but I like his stuff every time I, I see it.
0: Yeah, to his point, it being compartmentalized has its advantages for sure. Don't
1: you agree? So my powder room finish ports. Oh yeah, I would definitely say if uh if I had a car, if I could stand alone, do things like he's talking about, like have, you know, chem stripping here, blasting here, powder coating here. I mean, all of us, not just me. I think all of us that that's very nice. That'd be
0: yeah.
1: cleaning would be a hell of a lot easier. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think Ross, like when we when he finally broke down and said, "Okay, let's hire somebody," um, you know, it was. I think one of his biggest things was, um, y- you know, it, is there going to be enough room for two people to be walking around in here? <laughs> you that's know what I mean?
1: To fight with every day, and that's why I haven't actually brought anybody on full time. Yeah, but be- you know,
0: I, I guess, I guess he was more concerned. For the employee then the employee would be concerned you know what yeah, i mean Yeah, uh, 100%. Concerned about their well-being right mm-hmm. you know but rob's worked out great and they don't seem to have any kind of it's not as what it was in his head you know what i mean
1: yeah and so that's that's a big thing that i've battled the same exact thing uh like i said i've had people come in and go and uh they just didn't work out for whatever reason and uh i've had a couple guys that were really good but they got better offers and, but i haven't ever brought anybody on full time because that's exactly what i think is like i'm not worried about them worried about me but with if yeah. us in close proximity um i i'd worry about me over managing them or micromanaging them or, or stepping on not stepping on their toes because my business and whatever i want them to do what they need to, what i expect them right. to do but i know how i am and i know that in that close proximity I. I'd kind of be uh, micromanaging them a lot more than I probably should. And I've caught myself doing that. So that's why I've hesitated on bringing somebody in on full time. But that's also just got to a point where I don't have a choice. So in order to grow, I'm gonna have to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Hi. Hello. I just had a customer walk in. So, no, we're fine. Um, What I'm gonna do is just let everybody know that I popped the link to this article in the chat so check oh, it out.
1: For, uh, product finishing, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop up this next um, comment, and then I'll just have you talk, and I'm going to turn off my mic for a second, okay?
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it out here. I see it. So I'm new to the industry. I'm using Harbor Freight blast pot with upgraded plumbing. Hundred pounds of media only lasts me ten minutes. Before I see if, that's been as time. See if that's I spend soon much time my side myself again doesn't get do me. So it sounds to me. Um, so I use a Harbor Freight pot too. It's got a Mary blast, um, tap kit on it. And I use that in my blast cabinet. So anything out, anything larger that won't fit in my, uh, scat blast cabinet, I take out back and and we blast it out there. And then anything super large, I outsource, um, to another guy down the road. That's all he does is blasting. But for your Harbor Freight pot, if you're going through a hundred pounds of media in 10 minutes, you need to turn the valve down a little bit. It sounds like you're just spitting out sand or media uh, and you're not getting a, a good pressure buildup behind it. Cause even when I use my Harbor freight pot outside a hundred pounds of media lasts last me for a little bit. That's having 120 PSI go to it. And then I have my, my other valves cracked and throttled to where you know, I'm getting a good mixture of air to media ratio. 10 minutes is pretty quick. It sounds like you have it wide open and you're probably not getting an efficient blast out of that. I'm not the expert on that. That's just how I think about it. Thinking about my setup. Cause I use the same thing. I, I don't know what upgraded plumbing you have, but I use a Harbor Freight as well. Um, and then, uh, you use a sit, siphon feed gun for your powder. I've never used a siphon feed gun for my powder. So, um, think the harbor freight has a cyber syph- siphon feed gun now uh back when i used the harbor freight gun it was just like the eastwood i mean cup gun i, I guess it's the same thing um I, man, I i i'm not the right person to answer that maybe when she gets back on she'll she'll be able to tell you all about it i would recommend first off your pot's fine your blast blast pot's fine you just need to fine tune that thing shoot me a message and i'll help you with whatever i can uh, Cause the blast pot's fine. But as far as the powder gun, I would look into, um, the next model up gun, which would be in the thousand to $2,000 range gun, um, to see and just get away from the siphon feed gun. Like I said, I haven't used a whole lot of those. I use, a uh, I use a GEMA. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't have those issues they kind of serve it up on a silver platter too. It's, it's really unfair. Uh, like I said, I used to use an Eastwood dual voltage gun, but that, that GEMA just serves it up on a silver platter. That's the easiest part of the job is once you know your KVs and, and your microamps and things like that, it makes it easier. Um, I wouldn't upgrade the blast pot though. That's your last question. I'm, I'm kind of skimming through this again, make sure I didn't miss anything. And hire uh, higher CFM for your s- siphon gun would, it's that would, I think a little bit more pressure would probably help. Um, but as far as your blast pot goes, your blast pot's fine. I don't know what kind of plumbing you have on it. Like I said, uh, you might need to change out a few of the the uh, internals on it, whether it be larger diameter or smaller diameter for your plumbing. But your pot's fine. I'm not sure what PSI you're running to that either. Like I said, I keep mine on 120 psi, and I have. Running out of 100 pounds in 10 minutes—that's outrageous. It, you're spending a lot of time on that. So uh, you back?
0: I'm back. So, so I don't
1: know. I answered his question as far as his 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 um, last pot and things like that because I use the same setup. I don't know what upgraded plumbing he has, but I use the same setup. So I gave him my kind of rundown of it. But as far as a siphon feed gun, I don't really think I'm the best person to answer that because I don't I don't have that issue. You know, I use. I'm not sure what kind of siphon gun he's using.
0: Yeah, on. let me. I'm using Harvard. Um, well, all I can tell you is uh, we did talk about CFM. We did talk about media, and uh, we did talk about. Um, uh, we've also had so we've had like four or five different shows on blasting. So I would just scroll through, and I know like. Uh, if you see something that says uh, Joe Taylor, um, not, not Joe Taylor, uh, Jeff Taylor, Jeff Taylor has been on the show a couple times. He's from uh, Blast One. And then I had uh, in terms of safety and beryllium and all of that. I had the uh, uh, B- vice president of Garnet USA out of Texas um, that talked about beryllium and silica and all that. And then I had. Uh, show number 50 was uh Brandon Acker from abrasive, a Titan abrasive, talking about dust collectors and stuff like that. So, you, sh- uh, I would say, as far as I remember, you need to have a high CFM.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely need a high CFM for yeah. your blast pot, but I use the same blast pot he's using. Oh, high- I
0: see.
1: Um, and I use it indoors and outdoors, but running through 100 pounds of media in 10 minutes.
0: Oh, no, that's bad.
1: That's not right. It sounds like he doesn't have his uh, mixture right, like his air to media ratio right. sounds like he's probably got his media wide open and air probably is throttled down, if I was to guess.
0: It's more, About you need that. more air. I think yeah. you need
1: more air and less that's media. where the
0: CFM comes in. Mm-hmm. I think it's what is it 150 in in the show we talk about it so go through all those podcasts just kind of scroll through them all um roscoe uh what is it well it's you can go anywhere um to find the episodes but okay let's see go on to the next one michael anderson says oh rich want rich this is a question for rich <laughs> maybe rich could can-
2: oh
1: he's michael is a guy that i'm working with right now on a stripper because i know i don't know if y'all had to deal with any stripper uh kim strippers but um it's hard to get any of them uh everybody's a couple weeks out you know it is getting better
0: yeah i talked to valerie from benco and she says it's getting better
1: is it so i haven't it's a, it I, it the
0: shipping it, it's the shipping now that's kind of still lagging um the chemicals are starting to come back in mm-hmm. and um i i would say it's it's across the board it has nothing to do with benco or yeah
1: no or, it's it's everywhere it's, it's i mean i've talked to half a dozen different companies yeah but michael um, anderson he's a he works for i have to pull it up in his email but he works for a local company here in houston that um he actually come by the shop and talked to me about a few things and I need to purchase it from him. I haven't purchased it from him yet, but he's got a product that needs to be heated, but he's they're certain that it strips powder within a fair amount of time. So yeah. I will be posting about that once I get it and everything. I need to purchase it from him and me and him it. We, have- we
0: just bought the Benco six wheel strip tank, the E-CAM one. Yeah. So, so we doing. haven't we haven't quite it installed relatively easy. I'll just give you this. It installed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the humbug thing for us was we had, cause right here in front of my uh, desk here is where the electrical panel is. Yeah. So unfortunately we had to re, you know, we had to locate, if you see the wood there, that's our blast room. And then mm-hmm. behind that is where the, uh, uh, is where the new tank is in and, and our stripping, you know, little area okay. so um you know we had to run a fair amount of electrical to
1: to get over, over there to
0: that. the panel. yeah so, so that that was a um a little bit more than we had anticipated i mean in terms of like wow okay yeah we got to run it around the whole shop almost um
1: yeah, so when here's we, with, with my oh sorry go ahead. go ahead well as
0: i say when we turned it on um it's got some kind of sophisticated pid and it was taking it seems to take a long time to adjust to heating oh really and it says that it's an auto tuner type of pit i don't understand that just yet and there wasn't really i mean they did i just want to let you know benko set everything that we needed uh up front just so you know i mean there was nothing to read more to read yeah uh, she reached out to her rep that is in charge of these Uh, control panels and he sent an email us too as well. So uh, it's just something that we need to kind of figure, you know, figure out. We weren't sure if we had, you know, maybe we didn't wire it up right or something. So Ross is still, um, I guess, troubleshooting it right now. It does turn on and all that stuff. It's just fine. It runs just fine. It's just uh, how soon does it get to temp? That's the problem right now that we're working through.
1: Yeah, it takes, takes a little bit of time so yeah. hopefully here soon uh like i said i am and this michael anderson uh we're working in together right now they he's got a product he thinks is comparable to uh a bunch of the strippers on the market and less dangerous uh i have a i don't know about ross or anybody that deals with y'all but i have a few scars on me oh. uh, from yeah. different things different strippers and uh he this is Supposedly comparable to B-17E. It just needs to be heated a little bit. Um, and So I'll be posting a review about that here in a couple weeks. Once Great. I post it from him and get everything situated, I'm building the tank right now. Me and him were actually texting earlier today because we're working on building a tank for it right now. Awesome. So hopefully I'll be able to give a review on that and then maybe send a little business his way if, it, if everything works the way it needs to.
0: Absolutely. You know, um, I'm all for sharing whatever and whoever products are – willing to come on the show and talk about whatever it is they have you know um we need to get as much out there because you know maybe you are close you know maybe you're closer to this guy and it's easier to do that than somebody else you know mm-hmm. what i
2: mean
0: um okay oh kavika you're in wailuku come by the shop come say hi
1: was that on the same island
0: yeah that's in next town over
1: oh yeah yeah definitely
0: come on by open invite um it collects the dust as it falls i don't know i think that was just a response to um
1: the wet floor
0: the wet floor yeah
1: well that's better than than you know it floating around in the air
0: but he's located in michigan and have oh cottonwood yeah all kinds of pollen crap yeah rich king knows what i'm talking about yeah
1: that's why rich king is compartmentalized and has different <laughs> setups yeah now you that's know we're all yeah. jealous of his setup
0: rich king says no kidding uh doorbell, doorbell. You have to sign that says Done. yeah okay good there right. you go see you've solved that problem well, you
1: and got it going on
0: yeah or a, a ring or something one of those yeah things you can put on the doors uh um and he says you need to have a fresh filtered air coming into the shop hmm?
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah maybe in the winter time especially, huh? Or I don't know. I don't know if it's different in the wintertime than summertime over there.
1: I don't know. In the, the wintertime here, I have my door closed as much as possible. Like I said, I have to open and close it throughout the day. But if, as long as I have it closed and I sometimes leave my oven door open to heat it up. Yeah. I do not like the cold. I'm not a fan of cold. I don't know how you boys do it up there in Michigan. But it's, I don't like it. It's, it's not a thing for me. So I keep it as hot as I can in my shop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome i don't know if we've talked about everything um in cleaning and stuff uh but i know we've covered a lot of the basics here with this show and yeah uh, if
1: there's anything that we missed i mean we can obviously circle back and and do it again
0: yeah absolutely and you know send you know if you have any questions because this is going to end up on it right now it's live on youtube and facebook and a few other places but uh, if you have a question that we didn't answer, if once we've posted it and you know we can go, certainly go through those questions and answer them as well. Um, so I, I'm just thrilled that we've had a great turnout. This has been perfect timing because part of it is just trying to figure out when people are around to be watching mm-hmm. and have the free times to enjoy and hearing about you and, and stuff like that you know Man,
1: going back and forth with the comments. I mean that was that was awesome.
0: Yeah, and tolerating my customer <laughs> in a phone ringing. in.
1: I, I know it's middle of the day over there, so I could That's, never do this at oh, the time. day of month. <laughs>
0: yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next live. I'm going to be going to powder coating week next week. Uh, I've got two shows that I've recorded, so I'm hoping to kind of try to get some, some of them started and put out before I leave. Uh, I'm not sure I can do that but i'm gonna try and um what else i i might be gone for a couple weeks but i'll be online and and stuff and you know oh we'll y'all just traveling all there.
1: over the world between you and ross come on <laughs> going down to florida he's going to vegas
0: i know i don't i think it's better that way go no. <laughs>
1: that's a long flight for you huh do you do you have to is it it's not direct huh you have to stop somewhere
0: uh yeah i leave at Eleven o'clock at night from Maui, and I fly into L.A. and then at six o'clock. So I'm hoping I'm going to take a lot of like sleepy pills, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and and try to. I actually think the jet lag might not be so bad as the last time I went because I didn't get very much sleep on that last one, and it I just got really bad jet lag. But we'll see. If I stop in L.A., I think it's just a small layover, and then I head over to. From there to Orlando, Orlando, uh, and stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I might be swinging up into North Carolina. I'm not sure yet. I have an open thing. I don't have a flight home yet. I just there get over it. there and figure not my shit
1: out. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Make a vacation out of it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you again for joining us. Uh, you can always follow us, like us, subscribe. Sh- 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 scri- sh- <laughs> I don't like saying that stuff, but you know what I'm talking about. So we'll see you next time. And uh, thanks again, Justin, for gracing us with your you know, time. And I know it's time. It's late over there. You got kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.
0: Maybe I should thank your wife.
1: <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. It was a good conversation.
0: Yeah, it was. It was time we talk about it. Yep. All right. Thank you, everybody. Good night.
1: All right. Bye.